0: Hey,
1: I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years
2: learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. And today, we are bringing them to you so you can take
1: action immediately and start creating real content momentum. That's right, guys. If you'd like to learn more about how to turn that content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Oh, yeah,
2: guys. And today,
1: how to increase your income and free your time by pivoting online. That's right. I want to take a second and say thank you and welcome to everybody watching live today. Thank you. If you are live, comment hashtag live right below. That's right, guys. I'm Fonsy. Do you have a sponsor today? Indeed we do. Indeed yes. we do. Thank you for asking. Oh man, thank y- you.
2: You want to know who it is? Absolutely. Tell me, well, tell me. Today's tell me more. sponsor is the Biz Bros with Ooh. content momentum. That's and right, what that's is right. content momentum, you might be asking yourself. Well, if you have a long form piece of content just like the one that you're listening to or watching right now, and you want to turn it into value packed bite-sized assets so you can send them like little minions into social media and get yourself some new clients then then we want to help you out so reach out at Beast Brosco on Instagram on Facebook
1: that's right guys and and please don't (laughs) forget I was trying to pull out Fonzie there don't forget to subscribe to the Contents Profit Podcast so you know when those episodes are dropping on your phone and follow us on social media
2: at Beast Brosco that's right guys and if you find this episode impactful please don't forget to share it And, and, that's how you do it. Oh, man, that's a Don't forget, a five-star review. Thank you.
1: So today's guest couldn't be more relevant. For the last couple of months, the world has gone through quite some changes. (laughs) Businesses have closed their doors, some others have seen some growth, and some of them have been trying to figure out how to make it in the online world. Well, today's guest is helping businesses pivot while creating more income. Who wouldn't like that, Right. Well, luckily,
2: today's guest knows all about networking online and how to make you the notable leader in your niche. I mean, do I, do I need to say anything else?
1: No, you don't. <laughs> but here's a little extra just in case. She is a best-selling author, host of the soon-to-be-released Pivot with Profit podcast, and proud special needs parent. How amazing is she?
2: Pretty amazing, amigo. Please welcome Master Networker incredible parent, and Ross Geller's favorite helper,
1: Miss
0: Chantel, Chantel Turner. Chantel. Yay. <laughs> Chantel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me.
2: Absolutely. I, I, I must <laughs> ask before we started, you know, so when I was writing the intro at the very end, I was like, what, what can I add, you know, to bring a little laugh? And that's why I ask you if you were a Friends fan, you know, so that because I don't know if if people are gonna understand the reference of Ross Geller's favorite helper.
1: I, I do you do, do you understand, understand the Chantel? reference?
0: I don't think that when I I mean like obviously I know who Ross is, but I no I feel like the joke's on me.
2: Oh no, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. I, I'm gonna explain it for everybody that's out there so they know. You know, I, I think some people might remember but there's an episode in friends where ross they're like moving into someone's apartment and he's helping them carry the sofa right and they're on the stairs and they get stuck and he's like pivot 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 (laughs) so since you are the master of helping people pivot right i was like you know what if she would have been there she would have definitely helped Ross Geller turn that, that sofa, put it in the apartment. No problem whatsoever. Uh, let, me, let
1: me add to this. Also, make some money because it's pivot with profit. Exactly. Fancy. Exactly. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> Chantal, well, again, thank you so much for uh, sharing your time with us. Why don't you like share a little bit of your story? Because you know, when we hopped on that call a few weeks back, I was like, my jaw just like dropped to the table. And... It, With the crazy journey that you've been and, uh, you know, from there to like, what are you currently doing with Pivot with Profit?
0: Yeah. So um, I got started online um, about six years ago now, Um, got started and I had, so We kind of go back, my husband and I got married. We decided we want to start a family, had a perfect pregnancy, which was super awesome. And then during labor, my daughter actually had an in utero stroke. So um, it's it's not something that we obviously knew was coming or expected. And when they actually got her out for a little while, they thought that everything was fine. They didn't realize that she had had that stroke. And so we were this blissfully happy new family for about uh, maybe a couple hours and then her temperature was low, her blood sugar was low and in trying to kind of figure out what was going on with her, um, they ended up taking her up to the NICU and that's where she had what they call an apneic episode. So she stopped Um, breathing, she turned blue, they revived her right away, thank God. Um, But it took three days of EEGs and MRIs and CTs and eventually the doctor came in and he was like, your child had a stroke and this portion of her brain is dead. Um, she's going to have cerebral palsy, sensory processing disorder, all sorts of challenges. And he didn't really give us a great prognosis of what her life would be like. And so we very quickly had to just try to figure out how to be first-time parents, how to give her all the things that, you know, that she needed. Um, and then from there, how to make sure that like, she had all the, all the support. And so it took us about, um, 11 days in the NICU and then the social workers, they come, they tell you, they're like, We're applying for this and that and, you know, all these different things. Uh, Six months down the road, I got hit with medical bills that were just not covered by our insurance. And whatever Mm. the social workers had said they were applying for, they did not. And so we had to figure out, even though I had a great corporate job, my husband had a great corporate job, but he traveled 80% of the year for his work. And now I'm already commuting an hour and a half each way to and from work. I'm trying to take care of my daughter. I'm trying to get her into all these these therapies and things. And now we have this additional financial burden. What are we going to do? Because there's no way that I could get a second job. And I actually fell into network marketing. Um, It was the first, right? The gateway drug into entrepreneurship. (laughs) Some friend was like, you can make money on the internet. And I was like, I need money. Tell me how. It was horrible. It went terribly wrong. Um, And then the second time around, I actually did find a company that uh, did work very well for me. And it was that place that allowed me to kind of understand how you can use the internet, to build a business. Yeah. Um, network marketing wasn't where I stayed, but it was definitely something that you know got me online. And then I realized that the people I really want to help were special needs parents like me. So I created a community and a brand around uh, special needs parenting called Stronger Mommy, and that exploded very quickly. Um, I really started to understand how to network and build a community online. And then from there, people were asking, Chantal, like, how did you do that? How did you build that community they wanted to know? And eventually that turned into a um, notable leader and helping people become that go-to person in their niche. And along those roads was learning all of the online marketing stuff, right? The funnels, the marketing, the um, running ads and organic marketing. Um, and now we're really helping, you know, COVID's been crazy. Um, so many businesses, big, small, you name it, have struggled yeah. with everything that's been going on. And so we're really just focused on helping a lot of service-based businesses where you're trading all of your time for money, pivot online, like you said, right? Pivot with profit, pivot online um, and become profitable without having to give up all of their time uh, while still serving their customers at that super high level.
2: Interesting, interesting. I. I'm in shock. I did not expect that part of the story. If I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah,
1: I uh, I did not at first too. I I knew it was yeah. coming. And turns out, I just want to say thank you for sharing that with us because mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it might not be easy, and I'm I'm glad that you guys are super awesome family. You know, I, we had to reschedule the, the show because family comes first. And you guys were mm-hmm. going on this amazing adventure together, and it's awesome to see you guys and and the evolution that that caused. You know, sometimes we get hit with like really unforeseen situations and. Um, uh, you know, we've shared a couple of our stories in the past, and but that always forces us to find a solution, right? And it's not, it's not the end of the world, and if anything, like it, it, it helps us become a lot stronger. So, I appreciate you sharing and, and and being vulnerable, and just know that you have two awesome family members now, brothers here in Florida, that that love you forever. So, that's it. You're your brother, we can end it here. That's <laughs> it, Go, done, so, <laughs> Ch-
2: Chantel, I, I I have a question, you know, because. So when you started transitioning into the the online world, right? Um, which is what you're doing now for these businesses, right? Yeah. What, what were some of the the challenges that you encountered at that time, right? I mean, you say you had a corporate job, and then when you started transitioning into the online world, I'm sure there were plenty of challenges that, you know, a lot of people maybe relate to right now. And how, how do you move past them?
0: Yeah, so many. Um, I... I really didn't understand all the, I'm really good with technology. Let's just preface it by saying I'm actually good (laughs) with technology and I didn't understand all of the tech challenges that would come. Um, the very first like website builder I used was WordPress and I am not good at coding at all. (laughs) And it was a horrible mess trying to build a website in WordPress. I didn't have, you know, I was trying to like make, money online. I couldn't go hire somebody to do all the things for me. Yeah. So I had to kind of figure it out and it was not great. Yeah. <laughs> Click funnels totally when I finally got a switched on a ClickFunnels, I was like, where has this been my whole life? Why did anybody tell me to learn how to code and yeah. use WordPress <laughs> when there was like drag and drop available to me? Um yeah. but it was it was the challenge of that. It was the challenge of my family not understanding why? Like, what are you doing online? I think especially you're talking six years ago, which doesn't sound that long, but it was yeah. like the Wild West of making money on the internet. Um, it was at a point where people thought like, if you make money on the internet, you must be scamming people. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, but I mean, definitely had some negatives from the family from friends. Um, I hit, you know, like I said, I failed the very first time I tried. And I'm not somebody that fails at a lot of things. It was really hard to get my husband to be on board with, you know, jumping in and and doing something on the internet and then to fail so quickly was really emotionally hard for us. Um, but he's just always been so supportive and I was like, I'm going to make this internet thing work. Um, it's funny. I left, so I actually continued in my full-time job and doing stuff on the internet for close to three years and in December of 2016 I officially left my full-time job and if you had asked me prior to getting on the internet if I thought I could be like a work from home mom the answer would have been no you're crazy like I'm just gonna go (laughs) climb the corporate ladder Uh, and now I just I can't even imagine going back because like you said like family is so important to me but I have the freedom right now yeah. where I can work from anywhere. I can be with my family anytime I want to. I don't like, I drop my kid off at school every day. I pick her so, up from school every day. I take her to doctor's appointments. Like I, I have total freedom of my schedule. And yeah. that is a gift. I think that you just can never get back. You can't get your time back. Yeah. So that's why I'm so passionate about it.
2: Love that. Yeah. It. That's, a, that's, that's amazing. You know, I was reading this book called the psychology of money. And there's this part where the the author quotes Charlie Munger, and he says, the goal was never to get rich. The goal was to be independent. And I think you just described it right there, right? Being able to go pick up your daughter and take her to school and, you know, be there for your family. I mean, that's definitely the goal. So that's so exciting that now you are actually looking the other way and helping these businesses, right? That they want to find their independence, right? They want to yeah. find that freedom and, and help them pivot into this. Why, how you called it, the Wild West online, which is, <laughs> yeah. it is pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, I love it. In the In the past, we've described, you know, profit as not only money. And like your example is a prime sample for that. Right. It's like, hey, is, is the time that I can spend with my family? You know, for us, that's that's how we started it. Right. Like we want to bring our family here. It, mean, it means so much more. And I think that's a perspective change that a lot of people going online need like to to make because you know we came from the the, the world of like hey, okay, look at that Lambo right look at the laptop life in the pool and the button you know <laughs> in in whatever like part of the world and uh, it could not be further from from that you know when you first start it can be really challenging right and if if your why is not strong enough um, it will be like really challenging to to start making it happen Um, before we go into the pivot with the small businesses and the brick and mortars that, that I absolutely love that you're tackling that problem and I'll, I'll explain why you mentioned something about a community that you were building uh, or that you still have it. I don't don't know. Do you, do you still have it? The secret? Yeah, I do. Awesome. Yeah. In Uh, fact, I
0: published a book today. So yes, let's
1: go exclusive. All right. right. uh, There we go. (laughs) But I I think community is something that a lot of people might oversee when they start jumping in on the online space, right? Because we're so used to, obviously, we live in the real world and and we have our communities and our neighbors. And, you know, if you have a, a, a brick and mortar business, you have your members or your clients and it's like very real, right? But then when we go online, then we tend to like bypass that. So... Tell us a little bit more about, like, why do you think about communities and, like, why it's so important? How? Like, if you want to share some secrets on how you were able to make this thing such a big thing and exploded, uh, I wanted to say overnight, but it's clearly not overnight. Like, what, what did it take to make this happen?
0: Yeah, well, I wish almost that we were still doing this interview from my previous office, which we moved just before COVID hit into a new home. And now I have this beautiful, clean wall behind me. I actually have doors. But prior to moving into this home and for the six plus years that I built my business online, I shared my office uh, in the loft of our home with my daughter's play space behind me. So literally you would have me and then you would have all of her like kid junk (laughs) behind Mm. me in everything that i did
1: i mean i still have the kids junk right here (laughs) okay you're good
0: (laughs) yeah you know um everything came from just the the way that i like naturally thought that things should be and it just turns out that that happens to be my superpower we all have those things that are so easy to us and we're like wait other people you don't you don't do that like that doesn't just so it inherently Mm. made sense to me and how to build a community Um, I hate to break it to most people, but there is another human being on the other side of your computer. There's a real person over there. And so if you treat them (laughs) like a real person, they actually really like you back. Uh, And that was just something that I I accidentally realized. I had joined, especially back, you know, we're talking five, six years ago, Mm -hmm. Facebook communities, Facebook groups were not the thing that they are today. Now, everybody's got a group. Everybody's teaching groups like it's a thing, right? But they weren't. And I was looking to connect with other special needs parents because I didn't know I had other parents that were mainstream parents, but I didn't have any like parent friends that had kids with special needs. I was an island and I started joining these special needs parenting groups. And I hate to tell you this, but like women are viciously mean. I don't understand why women feel the need to tear other women down, but it is a thing that they do. And yeah. so you would think inside these groups where you could finally feel safe and supported and loved by other people that get what you're going through. Yeah. No, it was all this like hurt and hate and negativity. And I just, I didn't like it. And I found, even though I only, at the time, my daughter was like one and she only has some challenges, right? Not she doesn't have all of them. There's a billion different disabilities. Yeah. And I was the one always answering questions and supporting people. And Finally, I thought, why am I supporting somebody else's crappy group when I can start my own? So I did. I I founded my own group. I called it Stronger Mommies. And um, and I just started letting people know really crazy simply. I put it out there and said, hey, I'm Chantel Turner. I have a child with special needs. And if you're a special needs mom looking to connect with other moms just like me who have children with special needs and you want to feel supported, come join my group. And in droves, people came from zero to 2,600 members in six months. It just exploded. And all of these people were coming into the group. um, And I I made it very clear. It was a place where there was no negativity. It was all about the support. We were going to support each other. And because of that, because of all that positivity, people loved being there. I would get messages from moms that would say, um, oh, my God, Chantal, like, I've been in this group for 10 minutes and I've made more friends here than I've made in the last 10 years in my life.
2: Wow. Like,
0: I was changing lives and I didn't even know those people. And so, um, you know, and that community is still alive and not just kicking, but like thriving today. So I do very little to, to manage it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's the right group of people. It's a, they all have these common things, you know, we're in some several groups, together that are the same. But we can be in those groups together and feel like we're a community because we all have the same goals and likes and dislikes inside that group. And that's what made it so successful and carries the success through today.
1: That's so amazing. I want to highlight the name Stronger Mommies. Do you think like that had to like that? That was like a direct, you know, jab like, hey, if you're a strong mom, you gotta be part of this, right? Is that was that part of the strategy on building something like this? So I'm think? not the
0: best at naming things, and when it came to trying to come up with the name, um, I went through so many different things. And I thought, you know, you do, like every mom is incredible. Everyone has their own. Every parent, like, it's incredible. Um, I would get moms that would ask to join the group because I'm very selective about who comes in. And at one point, I had somebody because I asked questions say, "I'm not a special needs parent, but I'm a single mom of six. And I'm like, "Wow, I like." I don't think I could be a single mom of six. (laughs) That takes strength. But I had to kind of lay that line down and say, especially as parents, we're going through a little bit more than the average. So yeah, we are stronger. Um, And that's just where the brand came from and and stuck. And they love it. They have totally adopted that as their tribe identity. Um, They love it.
2: That's incredible. I love the fact that you mentioned that it now takes very little to run the community. I feel like it's its own ecosystem, right? Like it it starts... Everybody starts feeding, you know, from each other's energy and friendship and then they love the community so much they want to keep it alive, right? And then you are, you know, part of the community as well at this point and just... It it just uh it's amazing. I love it.
1: Yeah, but, I, I think everybody needs that, right? And then and then when when we transition on the online yeah. that we tend to lose it, right? We tend to, to very, not have very it very
2: quickly too.
1: Very quickly, right? And like you said, like you, you said something really, really important. It's like behind that screen there's another human being, right? And and it's incredible in the time that we live today that we're able to by just Three clicks mm-hmm. communicate with anybody in the world. Like we've been able to connect with people, like obviously like with you, with people in Australia, with people in, in Spain, in Europe, it, all over the place, right? And it's amazing because we can ha- have now these amazing conversations yeah. with people that think very similar than you. And then you guys can help each other and find this support. Is this why, is, th- is this feeling, I'm, I'm like, I th- I think I got it. Is this feeling what drives you to now help these businesses break and mortars? Because clearly a few months ago, we went through this crazy situation where, you know, most of the cities that we live in completely closed. It happened to us, whereas like the entire city of Jackson were like, yeah, shut down. Most of our clients are brick and mortars or were brick and mortars at the time. They're like, guys, like... I'm sorry, like, there's nothing out here. And we're like, this is not the time to stop content. This is the time that you have to build your communities. This is the time that you need to, like, st- stick by them, right? But a lot of people didn't see it that way. So is this why you guys are starting a pay profit? with profit? What's the, what's the desire behind it?
0: Yeah, you know there is. I think there's a lot of fear out there, and we have to not let the unknown fear control us. And if this is definitely that lean-in moment for your business, where you've got to kind of like, instead of pulling back and being like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what's coming next," you've got to be like, "I'm going full tilt. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to come out the other side bigger, better, better." Like you've just got to do that. And so, um, everything that I've done has always been about understanding like how to build that community online. Keep connected, serve my customers at the highest level, but also not give up my time. It's one of the things that a lot of my clients, when I work one-to-one with people, they they think that I'm a little bit crazy when we first start working together because I work um, pretty much as if I worked like a regular nine to five job. I drop my daughter off at school and at eight, you know, eight a.m. I usually give myself an hour to kind of, you know, social media, whatever. And then I work typically from like nine to noon. I take an hour-ish to eat my lunch. And then I come back and I work one to three, and then I go get my daughter Monday yeah. through Friday. And I don't work evenings and I don't work weekends. And people think that that's nuts. They're like, how are <laughs> like, right? Most entrepreneurs are working like 80 hours a week. They're like, how are you doing it in 30 Chantel? I'm like, cause those are the rules I set. It's not mm. some magic game. Like I set those boundaries. I set those rules and I just make sure that I get the stuff done that I need to in that allotted amount of time. And so I became really passionate about this because I see so many offline brick and mortar business owners, um, small medium, even large businesses that they started their business, right? They founded their business cause yeah. they didn't want to have somebody else telling them what to do anymore. They wanted to, you probably make an impact in their community. They were passionate about the business that they started and they wanted to have more time to be with their family, to give their family better lives and all this. And at some point something happened and now the business runs them. They're a slave to their business. They're a slave to their customers. If their customer needs to come in on a weekend, they're probably going to come in and show up. Like Mm -hmm. they've got to be there. And so I thought, how do we help these businesses pivot online, still be able to keep some of their in-person customers, but especially with with what's going on right now with COVID, like how do you still maintain that customer support, serve those, those communities, right. That you've built and actually grow your business in a way that doesn't have to take up, Like not just more of your time, but can actually take up less of your time and energy. And so that's really where it was born. And um, I am super passionate about it because I will not defer my life. I will not give up my family time for my business. Um, Not to say that I've never made an exception, but it's (laughs) super rare. And I wish more people would take that into account and just, you know, stop trading all of their time for money
1: absolutely
2: yeah i love what you said about boundaries and rules for uh, even for your own business right because i mean i feel like we probably still are in that place where we need to set those right because sometimes we find ourselves working way too much uh way too long right and then it's like okay no we need to we need to figure how, how to do this right because we cannot i mean it's gonna get to a point where probably we won't be able to keep doing it 8 p.m. every single day, right? And I, I do think there's a place for, yes, like working hard. I think working smart is key there. Mm-hmm. But, they, I mean, there there's certainly some time where you have to, you know, put the the metal to the pedal. What is it? How it's called? I don't know, the pedal to that, the metal, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then at the same time, if you neglect, right putting these boundaries it can get out of control pretty pretty quickly
1: yeah i i I love chantelle how you how this came out of a problem that you know you experienced not only like maybe at the beginning but like around you like you saw that where a lot of people like were experiencing this thing and you're like hmm how can i help them right and and to the core uh, you know, we, we talk obviously about content, but we've been chatting a lot with entrepreneurs mindset, uh, a little bit about everything. And it's, it comes mm-hmm. to that, like, how can I help my audience? And, and in this case, how can I help my potential clients, my clients, right? My dream people that I really want to work with. And it comes from like crafting that solution for them. And, and I think what you're doing is wonderful because I was that studio manager that, right, that, that I didn't own the business, but I certainly like the business certainly owned me like I was there for a long time and Fonzie laughs because you know I was there 5 a.m all the way to to 10 p.m some days and it was kind of crazy and and part of it is because I really really enjoyed where I was but at the end of the day like we have to establish those rules because it's not me it's like also my family right my wife was like where the heck is Luis right like I've gotten used to not seeing you. I'm like, no, that cannot be like that. Right. And even now we got to figure that out. So what are some of the challenges, right, that that you see with like business owners uh, right now? Other than that, you know, the business owning them. uh, What are some of the biggest things that you see around the industry that maybe, you know, with a few tweaks, they can move the needle and make sure that, you know, they take back their time?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We actually, um, we were kind of looking over some businesses doing a little bit of an audit and some of the things that that we were noticing that's pretty consistent across the board, especially for service-based businesses is when like, let's take a hair salon, for example, just to make it simple as they're looking to how do I bring in new customers or how do I get, like, how do I charge more? How do I increase my, my profitability, things like that. Um, especially if you're someone, if you're, if you're someone that, that does hair, Right, the only way for that person to pay you money is if they come, they sit in your chair and you do their hair. Well, how many people can you do that for a day? So most salons will go and they'll like learn the newest, latest, greatest hair technique, right? They'll learn a new skill. Um, they'll, maybe they'll sell a couple of products out of the store that's kind of it, and they're stuck, and they keep adding services to their menu. So now it's kind of like going to the Cheesecake Factory where you're like, do they do any of these things good? Because the menu has like 500 (laughs) items on it. I want to go By the way, they
1: go go Diva Cake. A Cheesecake Factory is...
0: (laughs) We've we've lost Louise. Delicious.
1: That's it. Game over. I'm not thinking marketing anymore. (laughs) That's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's like they have so many items on their menu. It's funny, when I go to a restaurant, I actually... I want to go, I want to see the five things you do amazing. I don't need a menu of 500 items that you can kind of do okay. Like do five things amazing and be that very specific type of of thing, of menu, of whatever, because those dream people will come. And if you look, whether it's a a restaurant or a salon or any of that, the people that can charge the most, that have the most success in their business, that aren't trading all their time for money, are those ones that have niched down and said, Mm -hmm. okay, well, we only do um, this specific type of hair extension here. Right. Or we only do um, Italian food and we only have these five items. Now, does that mean that like people that don't like those items can't come to your restaurant or people that don't need hair extensions can't come to your salon? It does. But it also means that if you can specialize in those things and you're incredibly good at them. That the right people will come to you and happily pay you more for better service, better results, right? Better food, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's just one of so many things. I think people are just going about it wrong. They're looking to like expand instead of hone in on that specific thing that you're really good at. And the other thing they're doing is they're not leveraging the power of online marketing. They're not collecting what we call leads and people out there in brick and mortars, you know, these service-based businesses that are offline might not even understand what do you mean by leads, but literally like (laughs) maintaining an email list, building a community around your brand online, where people, you know, I see it a lot in, in online businesses. They build a community and those people continue to support. They promote the, the products for free, right? They're just happy yeah. to share about how amazing that stuff is. And all of these offline businesses are missing out on that because they don't even understand how to create that community and that service online.
2: Wow, that that's amazing, you know. And I love the first thing you said about doing five things amazing right instead of having the whole cheesecake factory menu (laughs) and it it reminds me of I think it was Bruce Lee right that it says like I fear I don't fear the man that has practiced 10,000 kicks one time but the one that has practiced one kick 10,000 times and and it goes down to that to like be a part of a niche right be that niche be that expert and I'm actually extremely happy that when we came into the online world, we came through the ClickFunnels community, right? And I say this because I've seen so many business owners that they start their businesses off their passion, which is absolutely amazing, don't get me wrong, but then they don't know how to market their business. And they are in that position that you're explaining right now, where they're like, okay, I have an awesome restaurant, now what? Right? Like, where's the people at? Like, I built it, yeah. I, 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 why aren't they walking in? It's like, well, you got to do some other stuff, you know, like you got to promote your business as well. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. I'm glad we came into that ClickFunnels community at first, right? That direct response marketing, because I feel like we got that first. We're like, okay, how do, let's learn to promote, right? And then it was kind of like, uh, like a waterfall. We started like, okay, what are we passionate about? Okay, now we can build a business about this, but we already have the skills, that we need to promote. So I think it's awesome that you're being, you're bringing all those like skills that they need into ball and telling them, Hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to focus on so you can move your business forward. And don't, yeah. you know, don't just open your arms and, and wait for people to come, especially yeah. like in this time right now, where it is probably even more challenging, way more challenging.
1: Yeah. Chantal, I can, I can totally see, you know, cause when you said, um, the difference between expanding and honing in, right? Uh, it, I think that's a very scary thought for a lot of business owners, right? Because they're like, man, like, why would I like hone in in like this just one thing? Like, it's scary. I'm going to lose all those other customers, right? I'm going to lose all those other people, right? Uh, what do you say to that thought, you know?
0: Yeah. So when you're trying to be for everyone, it's very hard for one person to know if you're for them. So the message gets very muddied, right? Like if I look at the at the menu and it's got 500 items, it's like decision fatigue. I don't know what to order. I don't know what I want to eat. I'm not sure if I even want, like, oh, do we have to go there? Like, I really, it's too much. I don't know if that restaurant can make me the meal that I'm absolutely craving. Yeah. But when you say, like, this is the only, we make the most incredible meatballs on the planet. And we have one, like, that's, we have five dishes. We have this one type of pasta, this one type of meatball. In fact, I'll tell you, we went to, uh, recently, we weren't recently t- Two years ago, very sad. We're in Australia. Um, it felt more recent, but apparently it was two years ago because <laughs> 2018. We're in Australia. We're in Sydney. We went to this restaurant called Bisteca. And it's down this like dark, creepy alleyway where all the good restaurants mm-hmm. in Australia are. I don't know why, but they are. They are down Sounds dark, creepy alleys. Delicious. And you go through the back door, down like some basement stairs into what feels kind of like a speakeasy bar. Yeah. And then you write your name on a piece of butcher paper and they take you into the back room when your table is ready. And it's like this Italian, pisteca, Italian restaurant with these um, incredible archways and stone and all this kind of stuff. And there's maybe like 10 tables in the place and this is in sydney so they can do things a little different in america um so they have this like probably 10 feet from the table we sat at this wood burning grill this wood-fired grill and they have an entire side of beef cow and the only thing that that restaurant serves as far as a main course is a a t-bone steak Mm. um cooked medium rare that's it they don't cook it different like you order it by the gram They, the guy literally like knows, if you're like, I want 700 grams, he's like, I know about about what that looks like, saws it off the giant piece of meat in front of you, right, again, other country, not America, (laughs) saws it off, okay, then they bring it to you to make sure you're happy with it, and then they cook it to how they want to cook it, to medium rare, they season it how they want to season it, and then you can pick a couple of sides, and I think they only have like five sides. It's yeah. by far one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life and an yeah. experience that I'll remember forever and one that I was happily like paying extra for. Yeah. Be- so, okay, if you don't eat beef, if you don't like your steak cooked medium rare, if you, this, that, and the other, like then that restaurant's not for you. But I will tell you that place had a line and a wait every single night of the week. They were busy from the from the moment they opened till the moment they closed. This is- because there's so many people in the world. You don't have to be for everybody. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just have to be... For that right person.
1: This is awesome. And I know Fonzo you wanna dive in into something here real quick. Uh, I just wanted to share uh, a phrase, a cool phrase. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Let me let me talk first. You got it. I got it? You got it. Oh, uh, thank you. I lost the thought. No, 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 I'm kidding. I, I absolutely love this because uh, we were actually in a conversation earlier with our team uh, about a, you know, uh, a batch of content that we're creating for for this client, right? And, uh, and they're coming from a world where They're used to see content as for everybody, right? And we're now trying to change a perspective on content is the filter you know, that you need upfront to attract that dream mm-hmm. customer, right? So we we should be okay with having people not, you know, listening to our content, right? Having people not watching to our content because what does that mean? That means that the people that watch it, the people that listen, the people that consume that content is going to be your dream client, right? So it's easy to identify. It's easier, right, to identify when we change up that perspective. It's amazing. We started to have amazing conversations that led to relationships, that led to clients, that led to a bunch of positive things. And what you're explaining right now is that thinking with the product itself, with the service itself that the business does, right? So instead of doing a ton of stuff and just market to a ton of people and we fall into the convincing side of things, right? I got to convince you to come do this. I got to convince you to come and choose like all these options, right? It's like, I got this. If you like it, awesome. We can be friends. We can, you know, we can have an amazing relationship. If you don't like it, that's okay. We can still be friends. And there's other options out there. And then when you decide to do this, right, and that's the exact experience that I had when I uh, when I was working in the fitness industry, right? I, we were having all these conversations with people that maybe show a little bit of an interest and then we were trying to convince them to go into this thing because they were not ready. What about should we talk to the people that are actually want the, the product, right? And sometimes because we're so busy trying to convince the people that we think they need the product, then we're not providing the best experience possible for those who want it. And I think, you know, that story that you share is amazing. We actually have a, re- a restaurant here was actually a bunch of food trucks called Mr. Taco. That's what they do. And it's Delicious. Mm. And they've opened like nine food trucks and then now they just expanded into like restaurants and they're opening like three more and that's all they do. Like it's like three types of tacos. That's it. And it's delicious. They're so good. They're so good. They're, they're good tacos. Well, Not, when now you, I'm hungry.
0: Yeah, right. And now, now I'm hungry. <laughs> when you, I think when you are able to realize that like it's better to find the people that are swimming towards you instead of convincing people that are swimming away that they need your thing, like, if you've convinced, even if you're really great, like I'm a pretty decent salesperson, I could probably convince somebody to buy something, but that person, if they have to be convinced, their commitment level to the thing is so low. So mm-hmm. Luis, to use your example of like the gym, right? If I'm not somebody that wants to go to the gym, I really don't care about my body, I'm not really that concerned about, it. I think I look fine at any weight, like this, that, and the other, and I happen to walk walking by your gym and you happen to be a good sales guy and you convince me to come to the gym, Every single time I come, I'm like, I really don't wanna be here. (laughs) Really don't wanna spend this money. I wonder if I can cancel. Like, I'm not, it doesn't matter that you got me in the door. Like, I don't wanna be there. But if I'm the person that's like, man, I gotta do something about my body and these guys are the ones to do it, like this gym, I'm excited to be here. I'm gonna show, I'm gonna be the first person at that door. I am ready to show up. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna get results. And at the end of the day, that customer that wants to be there is a thousand times better. Than 500 customers that kind of wish they had not been convinced to show
1: up. Absolutely, I mean, think yeah. about the back end on the business, right? Like, the, if we as salespeople or like people, let's say a business owner, right? We're always sometimes concerned about that initial sale. It's like, hey, you know, they're coming in, and I gotta convince them because, like, that's the one that matters. But let's say you you talk memberships, right? Monthly memberships or visits. If you're a restaurant, you know, recurring visits, you know, every once a month or whatever. Think about the back end. Think about, you know, how do I retain this customer, right? If they want to come, that's gonna be a ton of like very easy because you gotta provide an amazing experience for them. They're gonna love it. And they're already so far ahead in the wanting like scale that there it's, it's not gonna be a, a second thought to come back to the to the business, right? So think about, you know, your you your your average lifetime value of the customer. Did I say it right? good job yeah I always mess that one up (laughs) Uh, but but think about that think about you know how many times are my clients coming again right and if you're trying to convince somebody then the second thoughts of like oh man should I cancel should I just leave like this is the last time and then you're gonna spend a ton of time and resources trying to convince them to stay and it's just gonna be like a pain for everybody so I think it's a like very valuable point for all of us to be sharing today yeah.
0: And we have the experience that we want to have, right? Like yeah. if you go into it thinking it's kind of like if you think it's going to be a crappy movie, it's going to be a crappy movie. Mm-hmm. Right? If you think it's you're not you're not really excited to work out or it's not going to be a good meal, you're going to have not a good meal cuz the experience you pre-set up in your mind to have. So anyone that's been convinced to be there already is pre-set up to not have a good experience. And then their word of mouth, we all know people will share negative results more often than they share positive ones. So now you've convinced a whole bunch of people that are probably not going to have the best results, no matter what your business does, because they go into it with a negative mindset to go share about how crappy their service or their business Mm. or whatever was was. When if you'd just gone with the people that wanted to be there and really focus on over delivering to them, their word of mouth would have been so positive and you would have had an overflow of really good customers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That it, That last part right there, we've we've addressed this plenty of times and it's perception, right? And we usually talk about it from our side, right? Or perception, for example, when COVID hit, right? Uh, my brother and, and everybody, all the businesses called and canceled. My brother was like, oh no. And then we're like, not, it, it, it was not not just like
1: oh no yeah. it was like massive freak out he <laughs> him slapping me twice and like telling me to go walk it off
2: yeah right? pretty much but <laughs> it was a matter of, perce- of perception right yeah. we're like you know what like we can either see it in the negative side or we can be like look at the opportunity and all the time we got back what are we gonna do with it yeah. and it's the same with customers like you're saying they come with already a perception in their in their minds right how they're gonna live this experience if you want to put it that way and there's a point that i wanted to kind of like refer back a little bit and it's about niching down right because i love this phrase you can do anything once you stop trying to do everything and i want to tie that to people paying extra right you said when you were telling the story of the restaurant you were so happy to pay that money because the experience was absolutely amazing well, guess what? When you specialize in one thing and you're really good at doing that one thing, people are going to pay more money. Right. And the other thing is, I remember that I don't know why I've never like this is something that Mark made. We used to consume a lot of Grant Cardone's content. Right. And I remember he said the three ti- the the three ways to make more money is selling to more to more people. Raising your prices or selling more to your existing clients, right? And I, I, I always was like, okay, but like, imagine raising your prices. Wow, that must be difficult, you know, charging more. A lot of people have a, a very hard time with that. Well, guess what? If you're specializing in one thing and you're absolutely amazing and doing that one thing, people won't care to pay more because they know that, that actually that actually helps their perception that is going to be an even better experience yeah right than if you have again the cheesecake factory menu and they're like okay well i guess I, pa- I pay like half of what i will pay over there but now they have doubts in their in their mind is it going to be good is it you know so i i love it i love where you come from and where you how you're helping these businesses yeah. transition and, and not only transition but like be better at business. Yeah,
1: and, and here, here's an example, Shinta. Like, I think like going off of that, you know, you, you mentioned the restaurant thing, but on the on the online side of things, like a few, like maybe a couple weeks ago, we were looking for somebody to do an animation to the intro of our show, right? Which is coming at some point, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, we want like these, you know, pixel little dudes, you know, fighting and doing things and whatever. So we're starting to find out how much would it be to create something like that, right? And uh, we ended up running with somebody that, Like, the animation, the one minute animation was, like, $3,000, something like that, right? Was was that the guy? I don't know, yeah. I don't remember the price. It it was an animation, but it was something like that where, like, he could sell one and then he would be good to go for, like, Mm -hmm. the month, right? And we're, like, that's insane, like... But then thinking about it, it's like, that's what he does. That's his thing. That's his craft. That's his craft. And he sold, like, those animations to, like, Will Smith, for example, right? He got a shout-out for him. Like, it's insane. And and because his positioning is that. Like, he is the to-go guy for that kind of animation. Something very, very specific. But he still lives from that. And it's amazing, right? Because once it's your craft, he enjoys it. You could really tell that he's very passionate about that. And you know, going back full circle to the businesses that you're that you're helping probably more than likely those owners are very very passionate about the product that they're they're selling the services that they're selling and providing they're probably very passionate about that so i think this episode is like full hashtag golden boulders it's been like super awesome like i just very passionate because i come from the industry and i and i feel the pain and uh you know everybody that's listening that has a brick and mortar please please go and check out Pivot for profit connect with Chantel because what they're doing is amazing.
2: Why do businesses struggle to pivot into the online world? Do, Do you, do you think it is they're thinking they're adding more to their plate? What, why is it that they are offering resistance to, you know, going into that space?
0: Yeah, I think it's a few things. I think there's a fear of the cost. Like there's this thought that getting on the internet is going to be expensive, right? We hear about how expensive it is to run ads. Although realistically, like if you take like a billboard price and you put that money into Facebook ads, like you got gold because it's so much cheaper on the internet. But I think there's this like false perception that it's going to be hard. It's going to be techie. It's going to be scary. I have to go learn a whole bunch of new things. It's going to be expensive. I don't have time, like all of these things. And instead, It's like you can hire the right people, the who's to figure out how to do the things that you need to do, right? Right. You guys said like, it's not like you thought, oh my gosh, I need this animation. Let me go watch 50 hours (laughs) of video content on YouTube on how to make the animation that I see in my head. No, you're like, okay, well, we can just go pay somebody because our time is worth more than the money it would cost to pay the right person who knows how to do it. That used to be old fancy.
2: That used to be old fancy right there. I I would go into YouTube and be like, I'm going to learn this thing. And now I'm like, oh, man, who can do that yeah. way better than me? <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm
0: guilty of like, if I know how to do it, sometimes like, oh, I just know how to do it, so I'll do it. But I mean, I could get lost in a funnel build for like six hours. Yeah. And it's not that it's hard or that I don't know how to do it, but it's definitely not the best use of my time, <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. right? Like, <laughs> you think I'm like, oh, I'll just pop in there for 20 minutes. So then six hours later, I'm like, where did my time go? So yep. it's better to hire somebody because I can leverage my time in better ways. Even the person that you're Talking about, you know, maybe he charges this what seems like a high amount to build this this animation. But if he is like the go to expert in building those animations, there are other people that will want to learn that skill. So when he's ready to up level his thing, he might not. Maybe he doesn't want to start charging more, or he's kind of maxed that out. Now he can start charging for his knowledge, his skill, teaching mm-hmm. others, certifying people to do it under his method of how he does it. And there's like the internet leaves this world of absolute like I don't know open possibilities to do absolutely anything and everything and to leverage your time. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be complicated. And realistically, so many businesses are stuck out there going, well, my business works. Like right now I have enough customers. I have a good flow. I understand what I'm doing. Like, I show up, I work my hours, it is what it is, but you can't continue to work 50 hours a week every single week for the rest of your life. What's your family gonna do if you get sick or if you're not able to go to work anymore? What happens if COVID hits and now all of your brick and mortar customers, they can't come into your building, right? So it's like, stop worrying that trying to do something new is gonna take away from the stuff you're already doing. You've gotta be new, you've gotta be fresh and you've gotta be ahead of the people um, because most businesses are moving that direction and you don't wanna be the last one to
1: show up. Yeah, yeah, it's a that's a scary thought. That, um, yeah, no,
2: that is that is,
1: and I, and I think there's so much opportunity. You know, like we we chatted about this before. There's so much, and it's there's a lot for a lot of people out there. You know, we in, in our space we we know about a lot of people that do content. You know. Well, guess what? Each one of us does it in a very different way, and and it's okay, right? And and we're gonna talk to the right people, and we're gonna connect with the right people, and you know, we partner with some of them, which is amazing. Uh, and you know, in in a world where you know, if we don't if we don't think and be proactive on on this relationships things, and like how how do I stay current? How do I you know improve on my skills? How do I hire and find the who's right that are gonna help mm-hmm. me do this right? Uh, it's, uh, it's a very scary word world. Yeah. To the, earlier
2: this morning in the, in the Slack channel with our team, they were, they're editing, uh, an episode where we were actually talking about them and referring about them. Right. And they were like, Oh, like, this is so cool that you guys like mention us and everything. And I started thinking and I'm like, you know what, like what we do would be impossible if they were in there right so like a lot of people start their business for one reason and then they get consumed trying to do everything else and then they i I feel like they lose a little bit of themselves because now they're not doing what they wanted to do right and it's the same it's the same as soon as you transition online i feel i had the perception at first a few years back right that i was gonna sit on my couch press a few you know (laughs) The, the keyword right there and then it's like money it, yeah, is gonna start like, popping out of the out of the screen and it turns out it's not like that <laughs> the, the, the more time I spend you know learning about this I realize that it's actually very similar to real life where you still have to <laughs> you know maybe virtually uh, shake hands get to know people build relationships put people in key places inside your own business so they can take care of this stuff and you know, like, the only difference is that maybe we don't have a brick-and-mortar store per se, but the way it, you operate is very extremely similar.
1: So, Chantel, I I hate to break <laughs> it to you. We're running out of time. This has been awesome. This has, like, been probably, like, one of my most passionate interviews because <laughs> I come from, like, that world, and I'm like, man, like, and we chatted, like, uh, you know, we, we were on that call, and it was so, so amazing. What are some action points that people can take, you know, if they're in that position today to make some progress and move the needle?
0: Yeah. So niche down, like figure out what is that thing that you can specialize in? What are you amazingly good at? Um, and start, start looking for who are those customers that come to you because you do that thing really well. How do you find more of them instead of just worrying about any customer doing anything, um, because then you can charge more for your services. You build a name around like, nobody thinks that the Cheesecake Factory is the most amazing restaurant they've ever been to. It's somewhere <laughs> that they've gone, like when they need a meal. But like I've been, I've eaten there. i sure they have good cheesecake, but like I don't have this just, incredible just one. attached. Just
1: one, just the, one. the Godiva.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have this like passionate story or vivid memory of attending yeah. that restaurant but i can literally see myself walking into bisteca i can tell you every moment of that dinner i remember how the food tasted right like that experience alone will carry so much farther in the people that i tell every time yeah. right i'm somebody's going to sydney i'm like oh my god You're going to Sydney? Like, you have to go here. I'm not like, oh, you're going to California? Go to the Cheesecake Factory. Like, it's gonna be amazing, right? It's just not, so I think these businesses, like as you're sitting out there going, what do I do today? Niche down, stop worrying about being for everyone and figure out who are your best customers? Who are your favorite customers, right? The ones that like, you are so excited when that customer comes in your door because you know that there are customers that come in your door and you are like, oh my God, there they are, they're here oh, I can't believe that we have to deal with these people. Like, yep. so stop mm-hmm. dealing with them. Yep. Love your job, love your business, love your customers, and, yep. and niche down. And that's really, you know, I think where everyone should be starting.
1: Oh, so good. Yes, hold on. There you go. Yeah. And that, and also a gong moment, because massive gold. That brother, was awesome. Thank Stand, you for standing ovation, standing ovation from the
2: audience. Yes. Here at the studio.
0: I tell. <laughs>
1: We know, you know, you've been in the online space, you said like six years, uh, it's been a crazy transition for you. Amazing what you've been able to build and continue to do. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited to, to continue to see that growth and, and, you know, hopefully be a part of it somehow. And uh, where will you be if you did not publish? Where would you be if you did not go online?
0: I would still be working a corporate career, commuting three hours a day, miserably. It was awful. It was not. It was not good. Um, I was exhausted. I did not have the energy to be the amazing mom <laughs> to my daughter that she deserves. Um, my husband and I would have to- we used to have tone of voice arguments because we were just both tired. You, you've had those, right? We're like, no, oh, you're not really yeah. arguing about anything except the way that somebody said something.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> like- I mean, it's mainly my wife about my my accent, but that's okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But yes, we've had that, those discussions. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, like, God, I love, I love my life. And I love that at 35 years old, like I want to be here forever. But if today was my last day, I know that like, I am living every single day, the best of my abilities and enjoying life. Like it's okay. that I got to do the things I wanted to do. I didn't save something for tomorrow.
1: Awesome. that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, appreciate it. We've mentioned it today. We're going to mention it today. We're going to mention, we've mentioned it before. We asked that question for us because, you know, we believe in publishing. We believe like publishing has changed our life, has changed everything to the better in the last like eight months, which is incredible. You know, it helped us build a business, build a team, and so thank you for sharing your perspective build connections build like connections this one. relationships friendships Meet people man like it's, mm-hmm. it's so awesome so I encourage everybody out there that's listening please go ahead and start you know dabbling into into publishing cr- content creation use it as your filter see like who's the people that are responding to you while you're niching down like Chantel says try it out put it out there in the, in a Facebook live it doesn't have to be complicated and then yep. see who comments and then invite them into your business so easy start having those conversations guys. Chantel thank you so much how can how can can we find you where can people connect with you? Uh, how do they find out about the summit? Yes,
0: yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Chantal Page Turner. Um, and people like to make the joke like, if you wrote a book, it'd be a real page turner. And well, I have books, so you can make the joke <laughs> and remember who I am and enjoy it. <laughs> um, married into that one, <laughs> but uh, and then you can go to pivotwithprofit.com. So we are holding a virtual online. Um, live summit slash event coming up on November 7th and where we are literally going to walk you through exactly how to pivot your specific business into the online space profitably without having to stress over all the tech, um, all the costs, all the fear, all the headache. Like how do you take your exact business, pivot it online and be profitable very quickly. So um, pivotwithprofit.com.
2: That's amazing. I want to encourage everybody to go to pivotwithprofit.com and sign up right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Be like Ross yep. Geller trying to pivot and pivot and pivot. Pivot yeah. now, pivot, guys. <laughs> come pivot. on. Let's go. I know, Chantal, I know your husband's gonna love this, so hopefully you can show it <laughs> to him and uh, he'll he'll have a laugh. Um, <laughs> awesome Chantel thank you don't leave with that being said thank you so much for tuning in to the Contents Profit Podcast go ahead and subscribe hit smash that subscribe button and follow us on social media at Beast Brosco
2: that is right and if you find this episode impactful which I am sure you did because Chantel was awesome amazing don't forget to share it and and leave a five star review thank you bye guys